Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's April 19th, 2022. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva, Dolly Howard, and Nicholas Steed. Um, Okay, so we had a great Chungite show. Hey, hey, there, Walter. It was a good one, huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you guys want, <clears throat> if you guys want to have fun, it was a, a fun show. Good and, chapter on neurology. Yes. Yes. And um, Dolly, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. <laughs> I have to get Doc back. Uh-huh. I'm doing good. Okay. So, well, now I, I had a very exciting day, and I can tell you when when uh, we have time. Okay. Get back. And get Nicholas back. D. Hey, good evening from Canadian. Quebec, Canada. Yes. It's good to hear. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about the things that we were going to talk about, and um, we're going to start with Dolly's rendition of, was it today or yesterday? Today. It's already, it's today, right? Today. Yeah. Okay. That was today during Shanghai. Well, um, Annette came running into my bedroom looking panic-stricken. She said, we have a problem. And I need your help. I said, what problem? She said, there is a snake out by the pool. Uh, it was outside the cage. It wasn't inside. And um, the the lawn guy tried to get it to go away, but it wouldn't move. It just stayed there. She said, uh, I... I have a phone call. She works from home. She had a conference call coming in. She couldn't look anything up. And oh, she would. I said, oh, I will call around and get someone to come and rehome that snake. So uh, I called around. I finally found somebody. He came out uh, today. It was the same day he came out. Oh, he's my rescuer, my hero. And he went out back where the snake had been, but that was a couple hours previous. So he checked the whole backyard and couldn't find it. And he came in to the lanai, and, and he said, Now, I can't find it right now. It won't hurt your dog, because I was worried it would hurt uh, Doc. He said, your dog is bigger than the snake, and the snake will figure that out right away. And uh, so he he won't hurt your dog unless your dog attacks it. I said, are you kidding? My dog attacks everything. And so I said, are you sure? 
And he said, well, the snake might bite his foot, but as soon as the snake bites Doc's foot, that the snake would run away. Well, slither away, whatever snakes do. And um, he, he convinced me that that was true. And he said, I'm going to suggest to you, you go to Home Depot or Lowe's in their outdoor department and uh, buy, go in where the bug spray is and buy this thing called Snake Away. And he described everything, the, the bottle or the container and all that. And he said, now, it's, I forgot what you call it. It's like, not, it's like crunched up tablets. I can't think the right word. So he said, you put it around your house. And the snakes don't like it, so they won't come around your house, in your house area. It'll keep them away. And um, he said it only costs like $30. Well, he was going to cost $99 to rehome that little bugger. So um, I said, okay, okay, somebody's going to go pick that up tonight. Either Annette or Russell. It's going to be Russell. Russell's going to be my savior tonight. So, um, Uh, we had to look it up and all that, make sure that it was pet friendly. It has peppermint oil. Oh, shoot. I forgot what. Oh, I got it right here. Peppermint so oil, has resin. Clove, clove oil, and cinnamon oil. That's what it has in it. It didn't say anything about resin. Well, and no, so, the uh, the cinnamon oil and the clove oil same function. It's an irritant. Snakes can't tolerate that that those oils. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. I hope they stay away. I didn't want to kill it, but I wanted it rehomed. Go away. So that worked out good, and then he. He said it snake probably had was sunning itself because it had eaten something, so it was resting. That's why the lawn guy couldn't get rid of it. And it's a black racer. And he said, uh, and it's four and a half feet. He said it probably went over to your neighbor's yard. And uh, this is what I'm telling you to do. But don't tell my boss that I told you this. <laughs> I said, okay, that's a deal. He said, if you have any more problems with it, you be sure to call and I'll come right out. So I said, well, I got your uh, name in, in my favorite list, <laughs> name and phone number. So, yes, I will be calling you if we need to. But I don't think we're going to need to now. So, and that went out later because we were worried about Doc having to go potty and letting him outside. So Annette went to check to make sure Snake wasn't back. Guess what? Snake was back. And so Annette did a, <laughs> I 
I thought, geez, I didn't know she was that frightened of snakes. She always tries to play brave in front of me. <laughs> and so when she did that, Doc was standing behind her. And, he, and it scared Doc. <laughs> and he fell in the pool. And that's yelling about the snake. Doc's falling in the pool. And I'm just watching this scene play out. <laughs> so, Doc, I've been teaching him how to get out if he falls in. So, Annette kind of led him over to where the steps were. He swam over there, got himself out. He was all discombobulated. <laughs> so, that kind of made it ease the tension from the snake. <laughs> and you didn't film but, any um, of it? Are you kidding? I was trying to keep control of myself so I didn't go screaming around like a crazy woman. <laughs> it was it was just quite the day. This took most of the day. Uh, but uh, I didn't scream. I, I really I didn't scream because I didn't see the snake and that protected me. She took a picture of it so that we could send it to whoever we got to come out here and get rid of it. Because there's a different price between non-poisonous and poisonous snakes. Uh, the guy, we would have had to pay him $99 if it was non-poisonous and 250 something if it was poisonous. Uh, thank God it was just a black racer. Um, so, rather than have to pay $99, we only have to pay 30 for, for the snake away. And well, I'm happy you know, about if that. Just, if you just look at their eyes, Dolly, the racer has a very round eye. That's non-poisonous. It also has a rounded uh, front mouth area, rounded. Any poisonous snake has, uh, uh, oh, what do you call it? Uh, Shoot, it's like a slit, you know. It's not. It's not round. A, a what? You like a slit. A... Like it's not round. It's, it's long. Typical, uh, you, or, uh, you think I'm eye? gonna go and? You think I'm gonna go and? But you look had at the picture. You had the, you had the oh, picture. No, no, no. Well, no, yeah, not... you could. You could have gotten. You she took gotten, the picture. She took the picture. You could have said to her, "Is that I got a round eye? It's not oh. poison." Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't going to look at it for crying. And, the, and, and a poisonous oh. snake also has a blunt nose. It's blunt. Like, think of a rattlesnake. Well, don't think no. of a rattlesnake. No. No. But that's, that's the, they don't have the venom. I mean, the, if, if you see a round no, nose and a round eye, they're non-poisonous. And they're actually beneficial. They'll go after rats and mice and... And then they go after frogs and other things, but you know that you might want, but who knows? Well, she ran into the neighbor across the street uh, when she went to get the mail, and they were talking about it. And the lady said, "Oh, those are good ones. Uh, they they eat this and they take care of that and yada yada." And her husband was there, and he looked at her and he says, "I'm not gonna go get that thing." <laughs> So, 
we aren't getting rid of it. We're just making sure it doesn't come around our house. So maybe it'll go across the street to their house. <laughs> oh, dear God. I don't know why, why I have to be with snakes. I don't know why. <sighs> but anyway, that was my today snake experience. And my <laughs> dog falling in the pool. I wish you could have seen no, it. Did, did, did he, he get, himself out, get himself out okay? Yeah. Okay. He he came up from under the water and he had this look on his face. What the hell happened? Just... And so, and that was there. So she walked him around the side. She said, come on, come on. He was, was swimming. And uh, she went over to, stood in front of the steps. And so he got over to the steps and he felt the cement underneath him. So he got out all by himself. I taught him to do that in case we aren't around. So, or snake. Yeah, he did good. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> what a day, what a day. It got my heart beating. <laughs> well, you know, it, I the, think the, the snake thing is like, you know, trending big time. I, I, okay. With, oh, go ahead. Do you have some more on the snake story or another story? No, no. I was going to say, is it trending with me or with no, the world? No, all over the world. Oh. All over the world. Now, yeah. <clears throat> what it comes from is um, Dr. Eridimus. Am I saying that right? Oh, jeez. Artemis, Artemis. Um, he's a chiropractor. And this one doctor was trying to tell people about treating the uh, COVID. And he said, look it, it seems like if you just treat it like it's a snake bite, venom, then you're going to have success because the ivermectin, the hydrochloroquine, the things, the, the zinc, uh, do you know that people that smoke cigarettes aren't tobacco? That they're they're not getting coming down with COVID. I'll explain why in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have all of these these things that work for COVID, but they also are been known for decades or you know I don't know how long to be um, to help with with snake venom. Okay, so. This chiropractor, because a chiropractor will look at the whole body, not necessarily just your heart or your liver, or, you know, cancer, is it this, is it, you know, that he, he, he looks Don't at you everything. you mean holistic doctor, not a chiropractor? No, no, a chiropractor. They do the same thing. When you, when you go to a chiropractor, oh. they're not looking at your liver. They're looking at your skeletal system, your whole system, you know. <clears throat> so he came into it looking at this this why did he say that thing and so he start, he said that it took four months to track all this down that he finally released uh last week and or a little before that i think um but w what it came down to was that every single symptom of covid was a symptom of a venom now venoms are designed to attack different organs 
So you got some venom that, you know, goes after your heart. Some of it goes after your brain. Some of it goes after your neurological system. It depends on the venom. They're, they're specific to the snake and they're specific to whatever they're attacking in the body. But in, if, you have, if you have a bad heart, well, yeah, snake venom can give that to you. Oh, your liver. Oh, yeah, snake venom. Kidney. Oh, yep, snake. Everything. There is a snake venom for this. So he he's and and you've got the the fact that the things that go against the snake venom were the things that were getting rid of COVID. So he kept going deeper and deeper into it, and and, and then he then he started like it was he he went down the rabbit hole so far on this subject, because what he uncovered is that they've been using snake venom for since pharmaceuticals began to you know rear their ne- ugly head. And I did not hear the original one because uh, I just, it, it, I looked at others. I didn't look at the, there's two of them that you want to look at. Water, the uh, Watch the Waters with Stu Peters. And then go over to Mike Adams. And Mike Adams had a three-part uh, interview with, and I, I understand Mike Adams' interview went, was actually before he went to, uh, Stu Peters, but Stu was the one that got it out first. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I heard. And so Mike Adams is a, a scientist in and of his own right. And so he is essentially asking the questions that another doctor would ask. And so from a standpoint of the proof of it, the Mike Adams is is where you want to be listening because they were talking patents and, you know, like what? what okay, so they look. I can't. I th- I'm pretty sure that they looked in the shots because they've got they've got samples of the shots. They found king cobra, Chinese king cobra venom, Chinese skate venom. Um, HIV, and I can't remember, but there's some kind of a connection to HIV and venom. I don't remember what that was, but it was a weird thing. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of actual science involved in this. And, and you know, the chiropractor kept saying, I don't, I'm not an authority in this subject, but I'm telling you I'm pretty much an authority on, on snake venom right now because I've done four months of looking at this and, and, and you know, and then, so he goes out. They make this thing, and, you know, at one point, Stu Peters had said, well, how is it getting in, you know, getting out there? And because if you somehow or another, when we were talking 5G, the cities that were getting the COVID were 5G cities initially. But then this COVID stuff was showing up here and there, and, you know, and, and, and people were having, you know, serious health problems in areas that weren't to my knowledge, 5G. So the question was, well, what's making them bring on these these symptoms? What, what is it an aerosol? And there were a lot of people that thought it was aerosol. Um, is it in the water? Well, as soon as they, the, the Stu Peters kind of pushed the water, oh, it's in the water. It was in response to a question about, well, how would they get this snake venom out to begin with? And Artists, artists, artists at uh, chiropractor said, "I'm not sure. It could be in the water." 
And then all sorts of people jumped all over them, you know. Well, there's not enough snake venom in the world to be able to make a water supply. Uh, it's going to be so diluted and, you know, all of this. And he, he went back on the Stu Peters after the fact and said he sounded like he was really kind of ticked off at Stu because Stu focused on, he called it, you know, watch the water. And so everybody was focused on, on the water and could it have been the water that got it into us and all of this stuff. And, you know, and, and there's not enough. Of it. Well, it turns out <laughs> that they have now and, and, and what the heck was I wa I was watching. They actually showed these things. They've been able to artificially create snake venom glands. So they can manufacture snake venom from the glands of snakes without the snakes. It's <laughs> okay. So it's not okay. synthetic venom? It's real venom made well, out of it, synthetic they all, glands? They can also make the synthetic venom. They can, can, can also make it that way, but they also can make it, you know, from the glands of the snakes. So somebody has spent a lot of time trying to make a lot of stuff of venom you can actually go to amazon i don't know if you can now but you could go to amazon and order snake venom you know for that out what, right now for you know whatever reasons um it, it, i'm trying to think i just thought of something else that was really kind of telling about the whole thing uh and i lost it and maybe it'll come back but this is, you know, the doctors that are out there that are, are talking bad about it. It's almost like you're finding out the ones that aren't really with the agenda of truth. Because this guy came, went into it and he said, I'm telling you, God let me down this path. And he feels very certain of his mission it's to get this information out there because if what he's saying is true then if you treat everybody's symptoms i mean the, the covid symptoms assuming it's the poison and you treat it with the stuff that we know works you're gonna you're gonna save people and then on top of that he said that he thought that redesivir did i pronounce that right nick remdesivir uh, remdesivir Desivir? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. He says that, be, and he went through a whole uh, story about what happens when you get on this particular drug in oh. the hospital. And they kept telling <clears throat> people that they had to get on this drug if they had the COVID. Well, he says, this drug comes as a powder. And you have to mix it with, I think it was hydrochloroquine, to make it so that they can be injected. He says, that's the same thing they do with space with, with the snake venom. Same thing. He says, and and he says, I I have asked for, I've tried to get a hold of some of this so we can have it tested out. And then Mike Adams got in it. And Mike Adams has a whole medical lab for testing. And he asked Pfizer if Pfizer would, you know, supply him for this for testing. I haven't heard that he tested it yet. So I don't know where that stands. But he, he uh, the chiropractor is absolutely convinced that they're going to find the snake venom in that, which would prove everything else he said. 
So, and then Dolly starts to have the snake problems again. But what I want to do is have <clears throat> Nick talk about the connection to snakes in the Vatican. Because one of the, when I first started hearing about this, I'm going like, you know, this is really, really kind of corny storytelling. You know, the devil, we'd say we're in a, a battle between good and evil, and the devil is represented in so many ways by the, the snake, the reptilian. And, you know, and now you, you're going to take over the world and kill off most of the population using snake venom. But before you get there, you're you're marrying it up with transhumanistic uh, procedures that are setting our bodies by taking over the mRNA and then the RNA, the mRNA then affects the RNA in the cells. OK, and that's why they think that part of the, the problem is that this shedding is actually shedding snake venom. Because the snake venom is being made in our bodies. And they started talking, they talked about, you know, what does your body do when it's got a lot of toxin in it? Or, you know, it's trying to get rid of it. You sweat, you will get a fever, you will sweat it out. And he, and he was like, you know, we don't know if these people aren't actually sweating out venom <laughs> snakes. And uh, of course, you know, then Stu had a little fun with that. Oh, shedding like reptilians. They're making us into reptilians. <laughs> who knows? Maybe. Well, <laughs> if, if you look at images of some of the people who had severe reactions to the, to the uh, experimental shots, um, they actually lost skin. They kind of shed, you know, they had blisters and, and skin was falling off. I don't know if you've seen these pictures. They were quite scary. I didn't see it, but they did mention it, yes. Uh, so, yeah, it, it could be in line with this this whole uh, snake shedding the skin thing. And, uh, yeah, to get to the Vatican thing, well, I thought in the, doc in the documentary, he, he made a good point of, you know, all the different um, points that he that kept coming back to snakes and serpents, um, how they're obsessed with snakes uh you know the, the the medical what's the typical medical uh emblem or the crest uh, the the symbol that they use for um uh, medical or doctor association or whatever it's like this stick with a uh, two snakes around it you know you often yep. see snakes yep. and they talk about the uh, doctors um and yeah, you, he was talking about all these these connections with snakes. And I remembered seeing a while ago the um, this one building at the Vatican. It's the uh, Pope's audience hall. And the architecture, when you look at it from a certain angle, it, it looks like a snake. It's super scary. And I'm, I'm just pasting a picture in chat right now. So Dolly, if you don't want to look at it, don't look at the picture in chat. Okay. You know, now that you're talking, I do remember I saw that. I mean, look at the I picture. The uh, the the architecture is. Well, just, I didn't see the green snake. I mean, you can't. Oh. You have to do this on purpose. Um. Yeah, I, I thought I, I I thought the connection, uh, all the different points that he made related to the snake, like the venom. 
the shedding, the, the Vatican thing, the, the medical uh, emblem with the snakes. It seems like they're, they're, they're going all in on snakes. So the masters are hiding in plain sight. Uh, there you go. And there's even a scarier one, uh, uh, scarier picture that I, I'm going to post it right now in, in, in chat. It's the... Um, Behind the, uh, the stage, they have like this art uh, installation that is really creepy. I'm just pasting the image now. Here we go. And there's uh, this like multiple statues. You'll see it in the, uh, in the image. And there, it's, it looks like a crucified Jesus. But if you close up, uh, if you look at the close-up of the image, um, the bottom image that I just pasted in chat, like half of the head kind of represents Jesus on the cross, but the other half is like the head of a reptilian. Uh, some kind of a... Yeah, in profile. One, in, two. In pro yeah. If you look at the bottom, the bottom picture, it's super scary. Yeah, it's like a vision of hell. Yes, and this is and the, the Pope's uh, audience hall where people go to listen to the Pope. I mean... Don't you feel the love? Don't you feel the hope? <laughs> <laughs> kind of the opposite. Don't you feel that, that you're enveloped by, you know, all these feelings of compassion and love and tenderness? Not. Yeah, that looks like a profile of a reptilian face. The hair, so, yeah, it's the, like a reptilian face. I thought the I, um, chiropractor's point of, of everything pointing to this uh, snake thing uh, made sense. It, it's about time that they reveal the truth. It's, a, it's, it's one of those things that we have to be, people, have, not us, but uh, the majority of people have to be educated. These people, these were the masters for thousands of years. You know, get get educated, get educated. Wake up. These were your masters for thousands of years. This is the truth. Grow up and get used to it. Hey, this is a good example again of the uh, the thing, uh, the concept of hiding in plain sight. Yeah. I mean, it's in your face. You can't have it more than that in your face. Just the, the architecture of the building in, itself. Once you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's It's so obvious. Now, let me see what, because I've seen the pictures, the second set that you did. Um, but this is what's inside that other, the other set of pictures you, you showed, or is this yeah. two different buildings? No, no, that's the um, the, the creepy statues behind the, uh, the Pope sitting on the stage. That's okay. inside the snake-shaped building. Oh, man. That's called the uh, Pope's Audience Hall. No, I had seen this first two, but it's a, it's the a second two that you go like, my God, the the building is shaped like a, and not only that, but it's the kind of. This is this is just insane that they would do this. Doesn't it make you feel closer to God? Where where do I kneel down? <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes them closer to their gods, their lizard <laughs> god or whatever god they have. And and you'll notice that on the outside of the building, the shape of the eye is not round. The shape of the eye is like I said, it, you see in 
in dangerous snakes, venomous snakes. And who was it that said symbolism will be their downfall? Yeah. Blood, you know, the, the wine and the, and the uh, bread supposed to symbolize the blood of Jesus and the flesh of Jesus. Who makes a covenant based on blood? I mean, what? Dracula? Wake up. It's totally, totally sick. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, there you go. I thought that was uh, an extra, you know, point to what the, uh, the the chiropractor was saying about the whole snake connection, the venom, and the, the remdesivir thing. Um, one thing that struck me is when he explained how the uh, remdesivir seems to work, that it, it would be... Um, made of of venom that attacks a part of the brain that when they inject a remdesivir apparently it it affects a part of the brain that controls the diaphragm and you're you start having problems with the, your breathing that's when they switch you to the um the ventilator and from what we heard we know that it, it usually doesn't end well when you end up on the ventilator after the remdesivir, so you know if there if there's proof out there, um, it, it would confirm the whole uh, snake thing, you know, the whole snake obsession. Well, somebody posted in uh, the chat room a video: time travel portals and the. And I can't. That was me. I I posted that because Nancy asked for it. I started listening to that, but I didn't get to finish because we're here. And um, sword, the swore man, Swordlow, Swordlow, he was saying that they're trying to make us into uh, snake type draconians who are evidently uh, snake-type people. Um, and I find in that very interesting, Walt. Thanks for posting that. Mm. Now, I am surprised. Nancy was surprised that he was still alive. She thought that he was dead. Swordlow? Uh-huh. Because she, oh. she, she said that he disappeared from the scene and was never heard from again, so she figured that he was dead. Uh, well, obviously he's not. Well, what, what what it was, darling? Really, he he was he used to get um, on JP's show. <clears throat> I actually was on when he was interviewed once. Do you remember? Yeah, I kept thinking. I know I've heard this guy. I know I know this guy. Now I know why. <laughs> now now you but now you're gonna remember why why okay. He was doing mm-hmm. um, a show with JP, and he was talking about the um, Bulgarian. Is it Bulgaria? The yeah, the um, pyramids in Bulgaria. You know, they've got that series of like five pyramids right in the middle of the country. You guys mm-hmm. don't know this, mm-hmm. okay? Well, anyway, they do, 
And I'm trying yeah. to think what the guy's name, the scientist. He was somebody that was going all around the world looking at pyramids. And then he goes back to his own country and he's driving down the road and he goes, my God, those look like pyramids. And so they started to do archaeological type of digging. And they found out that under the mounds of grass and trees and stuff, there is pyramidic shapes in there. And they were able to find a, a tunnel that had been completely sealed off. But they're digging out the tunnel to see what's in there. And this is, and, he, and you know, he's told the story. There's others that have told similar stories. And, and Saudwell went there to take a look at it. So while he's there, they opened up one of the chambers. And Swardwell says, this is his, his he, what he said. He said, and inside the chamber was a dinosaur. I mean, a, a dragon and a baby dragon. And when the when the, they opened it up, the baby dragon flew out, flew down the tunnel and flew out of the pyramid. And, <laughs> you know, and so J, and JP never said a thing about it. Oh, oh, that's nice. You know, and, and he goes. So, and so after the fact, I was on the next show that Jay did. And I said, you you just you 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 that was the biggest blunder ever made in internet radio why didn't you ask him more about that dragon did it die the mother died i think he said something about the mother didn't survive but the baby flew out of the tunnel you know it, it was like what what's this about and that's what i've always remembered that he was the one that you know told that story and it was like it's a story that, you know, what's the ending of that story? <laughs> there was a dragon <laughs> flying around out there in the eastern co- eastern part of Europe. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. So, well, uh, you, everyone should you hear people say, um, I saw a dragon flying. So maybe it's that one. They've actually got a dragon flying on, on film over New York City. And I, I saw it and and you know at that time you thought everything on the internet would stay up on the internet. And I didn't capture it. Well it's hard to capture things at that time when it first, you know, started up. But um I don't ha I couldn't I could not find that link again. But it's that. my understanding that uh dragons are not reptilian. They are saurian, meaning that they're warm blooded. That's because true. They're reptil- reptilians. Yeah, they're not reptilians. In my opinion, they were here to protect the, you know, it's a, it was like Gaia's security group, security people, part of them. And, um, you know, when the dark side got here, they took them out, made them into e- enemies, evil, like they do for anything that is speaking the truth or wants to you know, protect and educate. Uh, Nancy, I want to bring a, uh, bring up something you said earlier today. I think it was on the Shanghai show regarding the uh, venom uh, snake bites. You said that Shanghai might help with the venom because the venom would have a, a counterclockwise spin or rotation. And uh, the... The Shungite effect of of inversing the uh, that uh, putting the the spin clockwise would actually um, disintegrate the uh, the structure of the venom, or 
can you explain yeah. that again? I thought that, that was a very interesting uh, thing you said about the the effect of shungite on the venom. Well, and well, jump in, jump in here if you hear me say something you disagree with. But the way that I understand shungite is that because of the C60 molecules in it, you've got a quantum entanglement. So every piece of shungite is has a rotational field of that C60 actually in the shungite. So the whole thing is just vibrating it at a very, very fast pace. So you got this powerful like cyclone going in one direction. And when you have a toxin, like you, like venom is a toxin. Why is it toxic? Because it has got, it's not, it's operating differently than biocompatible. It's trying to destroy you because of something, but that something is a toxic that at the molecular level is rotating in the wrong way. That's my understanding of toxins. So when it hits the shungite field, it it's like the it's stuff in the water. They can't they they have not found that shungite absorbs the stuff from the water. When they went to and to did two different companies that had shungite water purification plants, they were trying to determine at what point is the shungite no longer purifying the water. Like in carbon, you have a a, a certain amount of absorption until the carbon itself is more dangerous than anything in the water. So where's that point with shungite well there is no point because they couldn't find any gunking up walt's got a, a water purifier fire shungite system that he made and, and he's never had to replace the shungite yep so it so, never smells bad no it never never goes there because it's not absorbing it's actually transmuting it's taking a molecule rotating in the wrong way hits it with the field it tries to turn See, like an electromagnetic wave, same process is going on. Tries to turn because it's under a, a force field that is wanting to make it turn, the shungite field, but it can't. And so in trying to do this, it loses molecular cohesion and it just falls apart into atoms. Um, that's, what, that's what I see shungite does with toxins. So if you've got the venom in you, and you've got a shungite field, the shungite field is going to essentially disintegrate the venom, take it out of the, the, the equation. Now, one of the reasons that I think that is because I had that weird, and I've talked about this before, but now it makes sense to me what actually happened. When they first started getting the shots, I was uh, with two people, both of them masked, not me, and they were... Both of them had the in, uh, the shots. And everything was fine. We're outside. I'm across the street. We're outside. But then one of them moved his position. And now I'm between these two people. And it didn't take but, you know, two minutes, not even that, I don't think. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was absolutely, like, under attack. Like I was, I couldn't breathe. I was getting dizzy. I was about to pass out, and I said, something is very wrong here. So I like, oh, well, listen, I got to go home, you know. And I had a hard time getting, because I had to walk an acre to get back to my house. But once I got inside this Shungite environment, yes, I laid down and completely fell asleep. I mean, instantaneously, like I was, boom, 
knocked out, you know. But when I walked up, woke up, I didn't have any of those symptoms. So if this was a shedding event of poison that my body was able to kind of like, you know, okay, it's not enough poison yet for me to react because they're both, I'm not between them. But when I got hit by, by by both sides with this poison, yeah, maybe I was overdosed with, you know, I'm talking about minuscule amount of venom that these people were shedding. And then if I got into a Shungite environment where the, everything is spinning the other way, yeah, it would have taken it right out of my system and I would have I woke up feeling fine. That's why I feel kind of comfortable in suggesting that the antidote is Shungite for the COVID. One more reason to have Shungite. <laughs> I mean, that that's a good one. And, and and I'm thinking as you you're talking, Nancy. I was thinking that if there's someone who did research on this, it could could be the uh, the Russians. You know, maybe they did research on on um, venoms or viruses that well, are deactivated. I know you weren't Shungite. you weren't in. I don't think you were in in our show when I said it, but I I know you were listening to our show before that time. That's you must remember me saying. I think I said it like twice. Uh, Years ago, I remember seeing a documentary that was done on Chernobyl. And in the documentary, they interviewed the foreman who led the team that sealed up the what they call the, the, the sarcophagus, or they called it a crypt or something, because they had to seal the entire plant in cement. And it, it was amazing that the man is alive and he's talking to the camera, and he received three times the amount of an amount of radiation that was considered lethal and and he survived and all the members of the team survived but there's something that the the press was not, never going to release release publicly that the, these people were treated in shanghai rooms because they ha- they have that in russia the russians have these rooms where they are shanghai tiles covering the floor the ceiling and 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 the walls so by keeping them several hours every day you know, all that radiation is being transmuted because that's what happens inside inside a Shanghai field. That that radiation, it, it's not going to... Because if you look at... Um, I think it was Campbell who wrote the uh, wrote about, about uh, information about um, radiation. He said that the spin of the radiation was such... Uh, he called it death energy. It was actually a spin contrary to the spin of life itself and shanghai is actually the opposite of that shanghai is has the same spin as life it it actually is a feel of a life giving feel so it's an antidote to to lethal radiation and all those workers survived had that happened in here in the american continent uh none of the workers would have survived they would all be casualties of that uh, of that horrible tragedy. It's not true that none of them. I mean, some of them did die. Yeah, some. I, them, I, some you know, I, I bet you there were the ones that were not treated. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying, but yeah, I don't want people to think that nobody died there. They there were deaths. There were even in the civilian population there were deaths, but nowhere near as amount the amount that they thought was going to happen. Um. My feeling is that because, you know, and I've talked about this, I don't know if you were on the show or not, 
but I saw a, um, uh, a, I, think, I think it was Nova or something about Chernobyl and what really happened there. But one of the more spectacular outcomes of the whole situation is that in the area of the city that was there supporting the three operating factor nuclear power plants, that city was completely evacuated in three hours. They evacuated, you know, I forget how big it was, 50,000 or more from the city. Just So everything is just the same way it was, you know, but they just got into buses and got the hell out of there. Everything is the same. It's spooky as hell to see it. But they made like, I think it's a thousand miles uh, of the huge, huge area that's called the exclusion zone. And I've seen these reports, you know, all oh, in the Chernobyl, Jesus Christ, Chernobyl has got this area that has got all this mutation of the animals. Well, in this documentary, they were talking to this guy that's a wildlife kind of character. And he says, all of that is just nonsense. He says, we have species that are now showing up here that have gone extinct in other parts of Europe. And they showed some of them. One of them was a lynx. Another one was it's with either a fox or a, of a, or a wolf. I wasn't sure because they, they, he was just going through them so fast. And you saw all of these bees, I mean, bees flying all over the place. If radiation was killing things off, the bees wouldn't have been there. There were every, every, the trees, everything was just like the plushest wildlife place. And the woman that they were taught, another woman that they, a woman that they talked to was like 84 years old. And she had been in Chernobyl, left, evacuated and said, BS on this, I'm going back. And there's about 200 people that actually went back. And to my knowledge, none of them died of, of any kind of a radiation uh, problem. They also used uh, shungite to clean up the Japanese Fukushima area um, from the radiation. But my feeling, and so, okay, so obviously somebody's mistaken on the dangers of radiation. And then there was another report I heard, right, I mean, in the same time frame, three days, you know, and there was another report about somebody swimming in the Hanover, Washington, the water being taken off of that plant that's so dirty, it's, you know, supposedly sending radiation into the to the water system of, of the entire area up there. So, but he's swimming in it and drinking it. He says it's not, you know, it's not dangerous. And then I just heard a report that um, bombs, even bombs are not as radiation dangerous as, you know, indicated. And I have to wonder about that because I've always wondered, well, if you set off a bomb over Hiroshima and then Nagasaki, why were they those people, they never evacuated those cities per se and never went back and you've got an exclusion thing. They, those cities are still there. What happened to all the radiation? So And, with, the, the, and their space is so small they can't afford to have an exclusion soil. I mean, space is at a premium in Japan. Every every square inch counts, so they they can't afford to do an exclusion zone. That's true. So. <laughs> well, yeah, Japan, Japan is dense. It's a dense, uh, dense place. 
the cities are all cramped up. I've been to Japan and I was like almost claustrophobic in the city. Everything is so small. They do have an exclusion zone. It's just not very big. And of course, the Pacific Ocean is supposedly, you know, completely polluted by the radiation. But my feeling is, is that it wasn't so much that we were lied to. It's that there's been a reality shift. And somebody, maybe Shungite itself, is not allowing this radiation to continue to exist. Okay, that's a good point. I, you know, I was feeling that uh, it's it's the same pattern again of inverting everything. They invert everything, the dark ones, and it could have been that the uh, the radiation is not as dangerous as they said, but they use it. You know, they inverse the thing and they use it against us so that they keep people at bay. You know, when they have stuff um, places that they don't want people to look at like their underground bases or whatever evil stuff they do they just declare a zone like radioactive so people stay away so that's what i was thinking but what you just said the uh, a new reality that's interesting well because in the exclusion zone under chernobyl now the two of two of the factories that are two of the nuclear plants are still working and i was talking to somebody just yesterday was it and i said how can they still be working don't you need the people because they had that whole city there and it's been evacuated nobody else has gone back and they said that now they have the ability to monitor everything off you know off site they can work from home to to do this so they have to have some people there but it's not like it was when they were in the control rooms and had to be there on the premises but they still got two working and yeah, you got this exclusion zone. Somebody brought up the fact that it could be that they have a, a monstrous uh, underground system going through there. Now, and I'll tell you another thing about Chernobyl. When Walt and I were asked to participate in clearing using his uh, water turtle energy devices, to clearing an area in that, you know, it's in the center of Ukraine. Whatever's happening was is happening around one of Walt's resonators. So, we we when we tested the water and we tested it by not the chemistry thing. We tried to get the government involved in this and they wouldn't hear of it. But because we were working with the Russians, the Russians had asked us to go in there, and so we had a situation where you had a lot of psychic people and people like Walt that can use the pendulum to look at the water. And I just went there and I looked at it and I was like, oh crap, this is um, all. Don't forget they had instruments because they did send me photos of uh, the, um, uh, what do you call it? The mushrooms before and after with uh, with the radiation meters. And they were right. astounded how the, uh, because they have, they do have like a regulation in place where they have a number of what is the allowed minimum radiation of any given item in order to know, you know, is it safe to consume or not? And they were so surprised that after the, the turtle was there in the area that they were treating, the, the value of the radiation was far below the minimum. 
they were so they they didn't understand they could they couldn't understand how there was such absence of radiation, whereas before the number was reading ten point something, it was it was zero point something, and they didn't understand. That, that's why the the turtle traveled from place to place because they kept testing it. They would take it someplace, and the this radiation would disappear. Then they would take it to another place, and the and they, uh, and me and Nancy, we were so we were laughing at this because we we were waiting for them to tell us that they had put the turtle uh, the turtle in the water, and they weren't. They weren't putting it in the water because they were taking it everywhere. There was there was radiation, and I was treating the radiation just by being there. <laughs> So that, that was, was air, that was the air radiation. We kept telling them if you put it in the water, you're going to clean a much everywhere the water goes. So won't the protection. You know, I get. I, did you finally get confirmation that they put it in the water? Uh, I I think so. That was one of the last messages. It, it, it finally went into the water. Because by so. then the water was clear. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the interesting thing was that when Walt and I were trying to figure out, because I detected, I wasn't the only one, but we detected radiation in the water. So we're trying to figure out, well, where's this radiation coming from? And so we pulled out, he pulled out the maps and we started looking at the topography of the area to see, was Chernobyl at a higher elevation, therefore groundwater could have been seeping down into the river system but we found no that what that that wasn't what was happening chernobyl was actually at a lower elevation in fact all of the nuclear plants throughout that area and there was a lot of them there's at least a half a dozen of them um they were all at lower elevation so we kept i i kept trying to scan i was scanning you know i'm going like I, there is radiation. Where is it coming from? And, and I kept feeling like it was coming from the groundwater. It was coming from the ground up, not something from the air. And finally, you know, I, I went back to him and I said, is there anything that you guys know of that is could be leaking radiation? No, but they used to test the nuclear bombs under the, in the in, you know, underground. You know, so now you're going like, oh, okay, maybe it was underground testing and the radiation, you know, didn't need elevation. It just boom, threw it all over the place. But now I look at it and I go, they were told they were testing down there. Maybe they did. But what if they were using that as a cover story for building these tunnel systems under there? Yeah, that's because what I'm we saying. Have, the, the radiation yeah. thing might be just a boogeyman, or it might not yeah. be as dangerous as they say, just to keep people away. Yeah, but it's another one of those mysteries, <laughs> you know. Yeah, maybe but it's that, a good question for the posse next time they come to town. Uh, we can ask them if you know to tell us about radiation, how it really works. I just got to figure that if there's ETs or even advanced science, they, you know, if we know that radiation can be eliminated from, you know, with Shanghai, certainly other people do. So, you know, it's maybe just one of those science things. Did you, we should look it up at Cater and see if oh, Cater didn't know about Shanghai, <laughs> our Cater book. Well, um, didn't, Walt, didn't you say earlier today that the uh, frequency of Shanghai has gone even higher? 
to like yeah. 700,000 something. 70,000 70, gigahertz. And which that's is higher more, than the last, the last measurements. So that's the second uh, augmentation or the second? Uh, yes, because the first time, the first time was 256 megahertz. That was four years ago. Then happened the thing with the blue meteor. It jumped to 1290 gigahertz. And now by last measurement, I mean, it was 70,000 gigahertz, which is, I was, I didn't, I wasn't expecting that at all. I was taken, I was surprised as much as anybody because I was satisfied with a gigantic number after the, the blue meteor, but it has continued growing. And I think it, it continues to change as people change because it's a direct correlation to human consciousness. Well, that's, that, that's that why would... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, that's why that's why the the cabal they're done. They don't they never counted on people waking up. And that's one thing they don't have an antidote for. Because they themselves cannot wake up, so they cannot conceive how you, how do you solve this other than total annihilation of everything. You know, the obvious solution. <laughs> and this new Shungite frequency would support what Nancy said that uh you know, we might be in a new reality in which the radiation is 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 no longer uh, dangerous. Maybe the uh, the the new Shungite frequency allows this. I don't know, but that's I think that's also one of the reasons why whatever uh, whatever they're they're planning to do with this stupid business of the uh, snake venom, uh, it's not going to work. That's a, that's a very low frequency issue. I don't care how many million billions of dollars they've invested in it. It's not going to work. Okay, so Craig Stewart, Shanghai, we the people. We'll be right back. Oh, 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 oh. 
of silence indeed i was wondering was anybody here oh but i don't hear anything i i put off the mic gosh okay i've been talking here rumbling (laughs) oh boy i'm glad you you know if i'm not back and like you know right after that you should you should say something to the audience we probably had a song playing or something (laughs) it might have gone you know silent um what i was saying is that do we? What would you? Where would you like to go now? Wait a minute! I want to tell you, oh, Amazon okay. does sell the venom. Oh, you looked it up? Yeah, I did. Snake venom extract serum, snake venom anti wrinkle serum, anti wrinkle, anti aging. Yeah, they sell it. That's just one of them. Did you know that the copper takes your wrinkles away because copper makes the collagen grow? Therefore, it, it begins it, it erases the the wrinkles. So all you need is copper. You don't need snake venom if you got wrinkles. Over, over. Why <laughs> have copper in my in my uh? What do you call? Support stockings. I don't Is know it about your make support. My legs unwrinkled or what? <laughs> I don't know why they put in the in the stockings, but I, I know the benefits of taking the the, the copper internally, internally, and uh, uh, the your skin because we absorb copper through our skin. So the copper sulfate made it into a into a solution. I you spray it on the skin, so. Not only do I take it internally, I, sp- I also spray it on my body because we also absorb it through the skin. Over, over. I don't know I, what to say. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. See, see, maybe she doesn't have any wrinkles. Oh, I don't, not on my legs. Just not on my legs. I'm not saying that. Don't have wrinkles. <laughs> I got, I got smile lines. I got wrinkles. <laughs> so shungite um, and copper seems to be a good combination. Well, if you if yeah. you've been, did you listen to the shungite show? Because they did get into an interesting conversation about yeah, the. I pop- did. I did. I missed the beginning, but I got most of it, uh, and I thought, yeah, hey, it was interesting. The copper thing seems to be a very interesting. Thing to look into 
as as we always say, do your own research, but look it up. The the stuff about it being toxic and going to kill you is absolutely the opposite story. Yeah. Well, first off, uh, he he actually studied the how much, you know, how many milligrams of copper do you need to ingest to reach toxic levels, you know, levels at which it would be it's poisonous and his uh, his re- his research into the subject re- revealed that you need at least 10,000 milligrams at once to create a toxic level of copper in the body and nobody you know you know how many pounds that is that's that's a lot of that's a lot of of copper so well, it's just is? The, you, you the, this is, well? I'm talking about Jason Hummel, the man who wrote the book. Uh, he he oh. he. The the Facebook group is called the Copper Revolution: Healing with Minerals. And he he's the one who wrote the book about about uh, copper and how you know it's all it's all misinformation out there that oh it's toxic or that it's poisonous or that no it's because they don't want you to take it because. It is actually it, it's something that repairs the body, and they don't want that. They don't, you know, what the 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 the, the, uh, the what do you call it the the MSM? Uh, I mean, they don't want to t- give you true information, useful information. If anything, they want to inform you of things in a twisted way, so it's not useful to you or anybody else. So they they tell you, oh, copper is dangerous, and and. We need copper tremendously, like like when, like he when the way uh, he talks about like uh, when a woman is pregnant, she her, her level of copper in the blood is going to be 100% because she needs that to build the body of the baby. So uh, blood tests are grossly misunderstood because they, when they do a blood test and they say, oh no, the, this person's Copper level is super high. Well, it's super high because something's happening, and the copper in the body is defending itself by putting out copper. You take copper, and guess what? The levels goes down because you're replenishing what the body needs. So they even even the mechanism of how it works, medicine doesn't know. Well, should we be surprised when doctors that have been going to school for ten years know nothing of nutrition? I, it's as far as I, I mean, know, that's, humans that's, need nutrition. <laughs> that's quite telling, right there. Yeah. So if if they don't know, if they don't understand nutrition after ten years in, in university, well, then there's something there's something seriously wrong with this with this with this system. And so, what was also telling uh, Walt, I think that you mentioned earlier on the Shanghai show, is that in India they use. Uh, copper utensils and and plates and water jars made of copper and yeah well well, and we used to use copper piping for water forever until all of a sudden it was pvc and i've always wondered why would you go to pvc well maybe because the copper was leaching into the water and therefore making us more copper beings and they don't want that you know, if yep. they can, if, if, what does copper do, you know, let's say with their agenda, which we kind of know, um, which is control and, you know, killing off the population. But 
the the copper changes your electromagnetic body it allows you to hold the charge that's why you know i think it's orion in the i'm not sure somebody just said in the in the chat room that you know they they had been getting that static shock type of thing yeah orion mm-hmm. orion yeah and that walt has pointed out is an indicator your copper's down because you you can't hold the electric you're you're discharging it because there's not enough copper in your system and earlier today <clears throat> excuse me when he was talking about the woman's copper levels coming up to 100% when they're pregnant i'm going like well, well okay that that makes a lot of sense to me because they've done research and proven that the the acupuncture system which is not just the acupuncture points it's a system that also has like another system associated with it is an ADIS, N-A-D-I-S. And that particular image of, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like an energy field that comes up that they can detect. Well, the NADIS is like the etheric equivalent of blood vessels. On nerves, on nerves. So it's the etheric equivalent of nerves. So there's this whole circus of energy. Well, yes, but it's the first mm-hmm. thing to show up because mm-hmm. they, they they put some kind, I don't know if it was radiac, radioactive or it was just iodine, but they embedded, they, they kind of like embedded it over the acupuncture systems of embryonic uh, rabbits. Was it chickens or rabbits? I think it was rabbits. And they actually could see the... Uh, let's say it's, it was an iodine dye. Let's, they could see the dye following what they knew to be the acupuncture system. And then they saw it going into the secondary not a system that people had talked about but wasn't really seen. And there it was. So you have an energy circuit that is developed before you even begin to uh, specialize in, in the, the different organs well, of any it, given Yeah, animal. it's like I said before, creation comes from the top down. So it yes, manifests it, in the higher levels before it ha- manifests on the physical. Yes, but my point here is that the interface between those higher levels and the actual cells themselves is copper. Yeah. Because the copper is attracted to the etheric edge of life and will uh, copy the, the 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 blueprint it sees, and then the cells working with the copper, you know, are able to get that programming into the human body because that way every single organ in a in a body could be very specific. But you have to have the copper there; otherwise, nature wouldn't have it. So why do you have it? Because it is the interface between the etheric imaging of you know, just two cells duplicating and duplicating and duplicating until they start specializing. You know, all of that, you have to have the copper image following the etheric image to get the 3D, you know, it's like a 3D printer kind of thing. <laughs> you know, but you need that copper. So is it, is it... My legs feel better after, when I'm wearing that copper stockings, my legs feel better i have better circulation uh i think it really does help i'm done yeah tommy copper they're putting it in everything 
You know, the masks, they got copper in the masks. <laughs> you know, it's like everything that the dark side tries to do kind of blows up, you know. Yeah, it's anti that's another reason they don't want us near copper. Copper is antibacterial and and it and it, it's going to protect your body. It's not that different from uh, colloidal silver in, in, in eliminating, you know, pathogens. Well, you know, the other thing about it is, is if you've got a situation where they're putting, they're building all these little nanotech thingies in your body in order to be able to self-replicate and then to act as um, antenna systems, control mechanisms, who the hell knows what they're trying to do. They would have had to have built that system with certain specifications. And, you know, you can build a car that is big enough for most people, but some big guy, big giant type of person may not feel comfortable in all, at all in that. And in a lot of things, if you don't have a, the frequencies set up so that they actually match exactly the human being you're attacking, then it's not going to work. So they would have had like a generic frequency, a generic plan of operation, and it would have probably been based on low levels of copper because they have spent a lot of effort to keep us from understanding the importance of copper. So now if we go out there and everybody starts getting copper and just, you know, even if you just got it on your body, because it's going to leach a little bit in through, through your skin and stuff, you know, let, 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 let your body, see my feeling is if you put the copper bracelet on, that copper will be absorbed in your body if your body needs it. That's just me talking. I'm not a doctor. I'm not even a healer, and nor have I pretended to be one. You know, I just, I'm a gossiper. I've decided that we don't do news here on this station. We gossip. <laughs> now, Nancy, what I'm thinking is, um, you know, when the whole thing started, the pandemic started, and the, the information about the uh, experimental shots came that it was modifying the uh, DNA with the mRNA shots. I was thinking that, okay, there's an energetic blueprint that our DNA probably comes from. And whatever they do, eventually it could be reverted back once it connects to this um, energetic blueprint. And what you've just mentioned, that the copper might be the the link in between this like etheric blueprint and the physical body, um, it, it would explain why they they say that copper is poison to us, is poisonous or you know not good for the health. When in fact, if we take the copper, it might link us again back to the etheric uh, the etheric blueprint and maybe revert the uh, damage to the DNA that their experimental shots did. Yeah, well, look at look at for example, they poison us with aluminum. You know, it's, it's a really bad thing to have aluminum build up in your brain. And what do they do? They use an an aluminum based salt as an anti caking agent in table salt. So for for decades on end, people have gotten a ton of aluminum in their body from just eating the food they make, or the, or eating the food they buy because there is aluminum. That's why that's why I I, I buy um, uh, sea salt because the, the sea salt cakes like crazy because it doesn't it doesn't have an anti-caking agent 
and that and that it doesn't have any aluminum. But if you if you get Norton's uh, salt, that's why it doesn't cake, because it has that aluminum salt in it. That's an anti-caking agent. So that they fill you with, because it is not good for you. Otherwise, it would be a copper-based salt. <laughs> deodorant, deodorant were you know full of aluminum as well, and the uh, the flu shots. Mm. Don't they have uh, don't they have aluminum too in the flu shots? Yeah, I, th I think it's a part of the preserve the preserving agent it has aluminum in it, and that's we we don't metal we don't our bodies do does not do not metabolize aluminum. There's nothing. It's a, it's like a mercury and lead. Our bodies have no use for it, and that but it binds it. It, it it does not metabolize properly that that's why when I when I got into ozone therapy uh, ozone doing ozonated uh, uh, baths it actually gets rid of uh, mercury and lead in the body because when the ozone penetrates through the skin it actually oxidizes lead and mercury and once lead and mercury are oxidized then the body can get rid of it because it's it's eliminated as an oxide and we get rid of it by sweating. I mean that's that's why I made my own ozone machine and I have a, a steam bath because you can get do when you do an ozonated steam bath it's it's you get rid of all that crap. Over. Now they oh, demonized the ozone thing? Oh yeah. They did. <laughs> Well, in this country, it's it's allowed. I think there's out of the 50 states, there are 10 states where it's legal to ozone. They do ozone therapy because there's no money in in in. You can't patent ozone because it's something that exists naturally in nature. So that's what they fight against that. And because ozone kills everything, uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, I mean, it kills. Why our white blood cells in our body, they produce at least five different antioxidant hormones. So in reality, the worst thing you could do is to consume antioxidants, to buy over-the-counter, you know, antioxidant. Oh, you should take this because this is antioxidant. Oh, and you should take that other stuff. Well, it isn't good because your body is already suffering from oxygen deprivation. Already, people are operating with lower levels of oxygen than what the body really needs, because you know they don't exercise, they, they breathe incorrectly, and they consume a lot. And they consume these uh, uh, things that are like antioxidant, and they actually subtract oxygen from the tissues. So they're they're really not good for you. Our body knows what it needs, and our cells, our healthy cells are protected against ozone because of they, they have antioxidant agents as part of their membrane. But guess what? Cancer cells function completely different. Cancer, in order for cancer cells to thrive, they need an anaerobic environment, meaning an, aerobic, uh, an environment without oxygen. That's why when they do, for example, when they do um, uh, those tests on women, when women get lumps in their breasts and they do the, the, the test, you'll see that around the, 
the beginnings of the formation of the tumor, you have all these calculus, you know, calcium deposits, because the cancer pushes away the calcium from the tissues because calcium attracts oxygen. And the, 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 tumor, the tumor doesn't want oxygen because cancer cells do not have the level of hormonal protection on their membranes. So when they are exposed to the ozone, the ozone at attacks it and the, the cells begin to break down extremely fast. I mean, in, in fact, I've seen that uh, uh, one of the pigeons my mom rescued in, in, uh, in New York, she had a tumor growing on her back. So I began uh, uh, giving her treatments of the ozone therapy with a funnel, you know, exposing that part of the back with, uh, with the ozone like 10, 15 minutes a day. And then what happened is the skin opened up naturally without any kind of bleeding and the, the body began pushing out the tumor. It, it was like a, like a waxy substance and then the, the skin closed up under the effect of the, of the continued ozone application. The, the skin just closed up. I, there was nothing she needed, need, didn't need any sutures or anything like that because the, uh, it actually, the ozone ended up kill, killing the tumor. And not only that do you end up getting rid of the tumor, you're also benefiting the body because the tissues repair faster, you oxygenate, it, it's, it's amazing all the benefits that, that it has. And yet it's demonized. I mean, not, not all the, the states allow ozone therapy. You know, Dr. Saul Pressman, who's in California, he has a practice and that's 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 what he does for a living he's into that's what he, he he's the moderator of the ozone therapy groups uh, on the internet uh because i mean there, there's so much benefit and it's just and there's nothing and they say oh and it's ozone is so dangerous and you shouldn't breathe the i have breath i have breathed ozone for hours <laughs> and in the years that i did treatments with it I never got any problems with the problem of uh, is it like some people complain and says, oh, no, when I was breathing uh, ozone, I was coughing like crazy. Yes, Mr. Genius, that happened to you because you, your lungs were so dirty and so full of crap that ozone, when it finds the stuff, it begins to attack it. That's why you start coughing because it begins to break down all the stuff in your lungs. And your body, what is the first thing your body does? It starts coughing in order to get rid of the crap. I mean, once, you, once your lungs, once all your lungs are cleaned up, you can breathe ozone all the way long. Nothing's going to happen. You're not going to, you're not going to go out cough. Uh, you're not going to faint. Nothing, nothing's going to happen to you because it's, you're nothing. It's not attacking anything in your lungs because your lungs are now clean. So you know. Another thing that they, they they spoke heavily against ozone therapy. Why? Because ozone therapy kills and eats uh, tumor cells. It just I this is not I know I know I read about the subject a lot, but I witnessed this. I saw it dissolve the tumor on that pigeon. I saw it dissolve the tumor on the on the chest of one of the cats. It actually. It, it attacks and dissolves cancer, you know, cancer tissue. So it's tremendously beneficial. So the question would be, would ozone be of any help 
against the uh, their nano crap and shedding or the modified DNA the, uh, of the shots. All, all the yes, because the the thing with the with the ozone is that its number one action is detoxifying, not only detoxifying the body, but dissolving the toxins. Because getting rid of the toxins is one thing. What what to do with them afterwards? No, no, this is doing doing both things. You're getting rid of the toxins and you're and you're breaking them down. Well, it's it's almost like the, the it's the way the the work of Shanghai. Shanghai uh, actually works at breaking down toxins because toxins have a counterclockwise spin. So it actually it's actually working against that spin. So that's why it breaks them down and it be, and it makes the substance of toxins, you know, not not um, what do you call it, uh, not viable. It's not functional. Because one of the things that's that's what I learned from the the work of Dr. Pressman is that. Um, the reasons it's so beneficial to have a steam bath when you're combining it with ozone is because of the nature of toxins. He said that toxins are heavy and they're sticky. So when you subject your body to a steam bath, the added temperature actually liquefies the toxins and the body is able to get rid of them faster. And in fact, um, that a lady friend of mine that I helped in New York, uh, with the rife machine she used to go to a doctor who did um ozone therapy but he did the invasive kind where they uh they do that on on the, in their office they extract uh, maybe like uh 20 maybe i think it's the it's about 250 cc's of your own blood they ozonate it in a special container and then uh, I don't know how many minutes they ozonate it. Then it gets put back into you. So that blood is now saturated with ozone circulating in your body, you know, attack, attacking wherever it needs things that need to get attacked. Uh, but he used to do the live blood analysis. So she would sit in front of this screen, like a computer screen, and he would show her under magnification the blood samples and that's where she saw she she was heavily contaminated because she says at one point across the screen this thing moved appeared across the screen between the the red blood cells it looked like a kind of a like a centipede and he said to her oh that's a you have a micro parasite because there are microscopic parasites and she said when he when uh, there were these things that appeared like look like kind of chunks, dark chunks. And he said, oh, those are toxins. The doctor said that. So, so uh, Pressman was right. Under, under normal circumstances, meaning normal room temperature, uh, toxins uh, tend to be like, uh, they're crystalline and they're sticky. So by subjecting yourself to a steam bath, it, it liquefies and it's easier and faster for the ozone to break it down. Well, you know, there's another thing to consider here. Mm. In it, um, I have an ozone unit here, you know, one of the <clears throat> air cleaner type things. Yeah. And I used to have another one that was on 24-7 because it put out a very small amount of ozone. 
the ones that you can get now are like industrial stuff. They're either too little or too much. And the ones that, you know, are the good ones, I, I, I wasn't even seeing them out there. But if you if you just start to, to ozone, you know, your environment or, or go through the ozone processing and stuff, one of the things that they warn you about these units is don't leave them on like in your car because it will attack metal. So if they've got the graphene, graphite oxide or whatever it is, and they've got, you know, nanotech in our bodies, it's conceivable that the the ozone would get rid of them. Mm. Which is really kind of creepy to me now, because now that I say that in a real 3D world, there was a television episode of... um, it's not on anymore, um, but it was about this guy that could do all this weird stuff. Um, oh, MacGyver, okay? And it was a newer version of MacGyver. And he and this other per- person on the team had gotten these nanobots in their body in a, you know, a spy kind of situation. They were trying to stop it, but they ended up getting this stuff inside of them. And the remedy for it, the antidote for it, was putting them in an ozone, an oxygen chamber. So, you know, maybe maybe that's another reason that they don't, they, they keep telling us how dangerous these things are. Yeah. And you, there, there was somebody that, comp- that had done that. They left the dang thing up on way up. I mean, you can put it down. What I do is, is this one, I just put it on and I leave it in the back room. And then just open up the other rooms and I only leave it on, you know, enough. When you start smelling ozone, that's enough. You know, there's ozone in the air, but before you begin to smell it, um, you know, you should have it off so that you only get the hint of it. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's such an easy thing to do. And like I say, I've been doing it for years, but then it went bad and I didn't do it for a while. And I said, no, I need an ozone unit here, but couldn't find one like I had. So this one I have to remember. And now because we're having this conversation, I'm going <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking uh, shungite, copper, and ozone. <laughs> yeah, there's yep. remedies. We just have to figure out what they are. And it's all energy. It all comes down to energy. Because these are all elements that at the end of the day, what do they do? Well, they, they are working with our energy. They are changing our energy. It's strange that, I mean, I haven't heard the ozone thing. I haven't heard anybody mention it in the past two years. It's the first time I hear about it. Well, this this pandemic has helped to close off people's minds so much. Uh, those that believed in it got they, they got closed like like their boxes that got locked up they wouldn't hear anything that's not yeah. being fed to them by the television <laughs> yeah but for some it was the opposite they would start researching yeah. and and you know they they some uh discovered they that, started uh, discovering what we already know <laughs> yeah they they um some discovered the uh what what is it the uh, vitamin d deficiency You know that well, a lot of you, people that are take, sick are you, deficient in you vitamin take D. Copter, 
if you take if you take uh, copper, you don't need to take vitamin D because the uh, the the laboratory made la vitamin D is not like the one that our our body makes because if we we produce vitamin D when we're exposed to you know natural light. Uh, and so people say, oh, they they they're indoors so much that they take the uh, the, you know the, the laboratory made vitamin D, but it's not. It doesn't have the same benefit when you take and you when you start taking the the copper, you can you can uh, stop taking vitamin D. You know the uh, laboratory made vitamin D. Didn't you say in the past, uh, Walt, that the vitamin C is the same? Like the synthetic vitamin C is not absorbed at all by the body. Uh, e E vitamin E. Okay. If you take vitamin E, natural vitamin E is D-alpha-tocopherol. If you take uh, our, uh, synthetic vitamin E, is called D-alpha-tocopheryl. So it has an I at the end. When when you take that, you can eat a pound of, uh, of uh, uh, synthetic vitamin E, and your body will just get rid of it. It just goes right through you, nothing, because it cannot it, it cannot uh, function with the body because it's because it's synthetic. And the same thing happens with vitamin C regarding energy. When you do when you do the limit, litmus test with using a drop of of natural vitamin C from a citrus plant, you get a nice uh, sunburst pattern without exception. When you take a drop of uh, uh, synthetic vitamin C, you just get a blotch on the paper. There's no energy in it whatsoever. So that's the problem with synthetics. And that's why uh, uh, Nancy was the first one to, because of her ability to sense energy fields and the effects, uh, she felt it right away. When we first, we had the first sample of laboratory made of fullerenes, I, I tested it with my pendulum. I got nothing. It was it was it was dormant. There was there was nothing in it. There was no energy whatsoever. Because I got a um, I got a, a little drop dropper bottle of that purple power. Uh, Derek bought some some of those bottles in order to try them out, and he sent one to Nancy. I know he sent one to me, um, and but there was nothing in it. You don't feel anything at all because it's you know it's uh, laboratory made so there's nothing in it the shungate comes from I mean, interstellar space it has been exposed for the for you know for that energy for billions of years that's why it's so it's so powerful in what it can do but the laboratory made it's just it's just um uh, inert matter it doesn't do anything Hey, Nick, if you only saw the last part of the Shungite show in the beginning, well, Derek has got this new 3D printing system, and he was able to do little tiny C60s. The first, <clears throat> the first batch he made, he made a mistake, and they were all about an inch, an inch and a half, little tiny ones, you know? And so people started, oh, wow, this is really neat. And so now he's got the biggest one he did was four inches. It's a four inch 3D 
buckyball, right? And he's just having so much fun. He's going to take and he's going to make some pendants out of them. And he's going to take, he's got graphene, graphite uh, paint with shungite in it. So he's going to paint these things and, and he, you know, he's already done some of it. And, and it's just, it's totally amazing to, to see, to see what he's creating out of this 3D universe that he's playing in. But that oh, was. What, it, uh, it becomes a, uh, an energy device? Oh, yeah. Well, first off, anytime you make a shape in, in the 3D world, energy follows shape. So if you've got a shape of the C60, even though it's in resin plastic, okay, liquid plastic, even though it is, and um, they had a long discussion, he and Walt, about putting uh, the Shungite in, in this. You can't because of the way that it's a UV laser system and you you just get blotches in the in the like these things are absolutely real finite detail. They're you know, unbelievable in their detail. So um, anyway, but you can paint them. You can you know put the graphite paint on them, and then you can actually electroplate them. And that's what he where he's going to. He's going to put copper around these things. That's his first. He wants the copper. And he can do gold or silver, anything that can be electroplated. But he's going to be electroplating these C60s so that you're going to have a layer of the graphite, a layer of the shungite, cosmic shungite, and on top of that, you're going to have a uh, electroplating of it in copper. Can you imagine? Nice. <laughs> That's going to be an overload. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be powerful. Yeah. yeah, I still haven't got your order in. Oh, my God. I'm, I don't know why I'm being so lame about this. I'm not normally this lame. <sighs> I, I ask Walt. Maybe take a, maybe take that uh, that new anti anti lame vaccine that they came out with. So you, it shuts off your lameness. <laughs> lameness. Oh, God. Now you, you just mentioned something that uh, hit me. The um, you said when you make a physical shape, you're talking about sacred geometry shapes. Any shape. That would have an equivalent in the etheric? No, this is this was an interesting thing because when I first, and this was, Shanghai taught me this. Um, when I really got into looking at the energies of, of what was happening, I realized... That's oh. me. Okay. You don't need to address it right now. All right. She sent me a note to remind me, Nick, to send your do your order. See, she's thinking of you. Um, okay. So, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, etheric, etheric shapes and physical shapes, oh, okay. like the C sixty. Okay, so, uh, yeah. As, as I was, yeah, as I was interacting with them at, at a molecular, say I can kind of remote view at the molecular level. So I'm watching the way that the energies are flowing and stuff. And I'm watching just the basic building blocks of the quantum world. These, you know, people will see them in the 3D as photons, but I call it proto-energy. And the proto-energy would just kind of like follow the, the geometric shape of whatever shape, even if it's a table. You know, it's and it, and it could be a version of Oregon that I was seeing, but I would see this, this energy following the geometry. 
But then I, as I got deeper into working with the Shanghai, I'm going, but wait a minute. Geometry. It, okay. In order to get the geometry, you have to start out with an energetic framework. Energy creates the geometry, and then the geometry is what the protoplasm follows. So you have two layers of it. You have to have thought to create the geometry. And then once the geometry is created, the universe uses it as pathways of energetic exchange. And that's the way that that the energy flows is through through the geometry. But the geometry is a creation of the human mind. It creates like an uh, energetic blueprint. Yeah. Like something you know, etheric before yeah, it becomes physical. It's like as as he's putting these things in the, in the through the 3D processing. You know, it's his thoughts that get this thing to work. But to get that thing to work, somebody had to make a 3D printer. So the the complexity of how this energetic exchange of manifestation works is fascinating and if you just pay attention to to the things that are happening around you i mean one of the one of the things that i've seen time and time again is that i will say oh wow i really need this capability and walt's been there for some of it you know we at the time i started out we would have had to have had a hard piece of equipment a mixer next to me to be able to do the what we're doing now and I said to Walt, I said, I actually asked a bunch of people, does anybody know if there's a computer program that will do everything that we need done? But in a computer, oh, no, it doesn't exist, doesn't exist. And I said to Walt, I'm telling you, I'm so sure that it exists. Will you please go look for it? And he, he even argued with me. And then finally he said, okay, all right, 20 minutes later he comes back and he says, yes, it's there and it's been there for 10 years. And I was aware of the fact that, no, it was probably there in 10 years because he found it, but before he found it, it didn't exist. Not only do we manifest what we want in the real time of right now, the present, you know, the point of power present, but we make backstories as to how it got there. Because that's the only way that the 3D human mind can comprehend things is in the concept of linear time, linear development of different things like a 3d printer because you know w- somewhere along the line you know it was derek said gee i would be able i would really like to be able to create c60 molecules out of air <laughs> well he's not quite in the air thing but he is in the in the 3d you know aspect of a resin image coming out of a machine and it's just the, the the layers and layers and layers of consciousness and learning that we're doing, you know, we are only beginning to fathom it because we are learning it and therefore changing our own realities within our own consciousness and our relationship to reality. So what do you think of that? <laughs> and thinking- we share it with everybody. Yes, we share. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that the... Um- Let's say, for instance, the C60, uh, the buckyball that uh, Derek created with his printer, um, are they like resonating? They're like antennas 
resonating the the frequency, the equivalent frequency in the etheric, but in the physical. Like when you have the shape, the exact shape of an etheric shape, uh, when you have it in physical, you get this connection, you get this, the physical object gets energized by the non-physical shape that is the same. Am I making sense? <laughs> yes, because that's where uh, that's where sacred geometry comes in. That it it all it, it depends on the geometry. Because, for example, that's why in all my devices I use the golden mean ratio. Because in nature, all all the organic bodies, whether animal or vegetable, everything grows along the 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 curve. Of the golden mean ratio look at plants look at the the growth of uh, branches and leaves uh in in your own human body if you take if, if you take uh if you take the the length of your hand from the wrist to the to the middle finger and you take the length of your arm from the wrist to the elbow and you divide it by the length of your hand you could get 1.68 uh 1.618 all all over our bodies all the proportions in our bodies are based on the golden mean ratio and that's not an accident that's that's living you know living consciousness that's 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 the uh, the geometry of the of the universe and when you make something following those proportions that device or whatever it is will project beyond the boundaries of its of its physical size that's why like when i make the uh, the eagle you know the cloud buster that got the name from nancy uh, i use the golden mean ratio in making the the, the the base it's not it's not a uh 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 you know on what do you what do you what's the word uh when something is uh arbitrary it's not arbitrary or by chance i actually use the golden mean ratio to figure out the proportions you know for the di diameter of it how deep it should be and how much material because i as long as i am maintaining that proportion in the in the in the device then the the device will be able to project its energy as far as it can go because it is in harmony with all of nature it's following the same the same energy proportions as nature 1.618 so yes a shape does does make a difference in fact you can make the you can do the opposite haven't you ever had the experience of going to some place in the city or a whether it's a temple or a school or a museum or something it just rubs you the wrong way because you can make you you can actually make things that are anti-life things of such a proportion that and, and be instead of being harmonious with life they're actually against life and it's actually uncomfortable to be there i mean i i, I used to have that experience as a as a kid and that's why there were places i couldn't go to uh as a grown-up you learn to isolate yourself and more but still there are places where i really don't like to go because the energies are just so wrong and it has to do with the geometry of a place I'm thinking uh, the same phenomenon might be at work with the uh, cabal's uh, architecture. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. With their weird there is shapes. a there's a, a a writer. I think he lived in the 1800s. 
or even prior to that. Um, he was known by the name of Eliphas Levi, and he wrote the principles of archaeogeometry, arche which was the, that study of that and how, how um, uh, architectural forms and shapes uh, fit in with life. So based on his principles, I, I mean, I know they were, um, I saw the show in Argentina, I mean, decades ago, uh, these two architects uh, associated themselves because they were they were building the things that they were building. They were doing it all based on the principles of, of archaeometry and what they would do if somebody went to them requesting, okay, they want a house built or you know some some sort of habitation. Uh, they would actually study the person first. You know what's their you know their their astrological signs and all the everything like the type of information I used to do the human design they would do all that and based on that they would design the house so the house would be perfectly in harmony with every with all the energies that you need and that's what they did they they used what they called the archaeometry or archaeogeometry something it, it was it was that uh it was that principle. I didn't know who who started it. It was another man who told me it was it was the work of Elias Levy because Elias Levy he, he did a ton of uh, esoteric work, like um, power uh, seals, like uh, energy seals. You know, the design to the to design designs that actually harness and project specific kinds of energies, like protective seals, defensive seals. That kind of stuff. So a life as Levi, Levi is the one who was involved in that kind of work. So I'm thinking that if we look into the the history of uh, architecture, we might find that at one point it was uh, hijacked, oh, and all that's... these golden ratio energetic things were all removed from, you know, the the main uh, mainstream. Well, you uh, think about it, like all churches were purposely built on ley lines. You go to any town in Europe and you do a ley line projection, chances are all the lines crisscross in uh, under the, the local church or cathedral or whatever you have there. They did it on purpose. You know, they put their power symbols where all the lines intersect. Now, this reminds me of something I wanted to ask Nancy. Uh, Nancy, you spoke about the ley lines uh, moving from time to time, that they're not static. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, I thought I, I was on the radio with you when you, you spoke about that. And the question I had uh, in mind back then that I'm asking you now is, um, what about those churches that they built or whatever structures they built on ley lines? You know, if the ley line moves, then that structure loses its, its uh, energetic properties or, you know, I was wondering... In, think this about concept the of moving timelines. Time, yeah, think about the time difference. Okay, when you're talking about the original placement, they understood the ley lines at that time. Okay, well, those ley lines stayed stable for as long as the planet was in the would maintained the same frequency. But when she began to shift her frequency, that's when the ley lines started to shift. Okay, now 
the reason I know they shift is because ETs would come to us and say, look, we need to do some adjustment to the ley lines. And I, I, it, part of it came down to witnessing this, this kind of, you know, interaction between, you know, ET helpers and, and 3D humans. But a lot of it had to do with they really needed, like, for instance, why was I brought to this property? Why have I been led to have a huge collection of minerals from all over the world? And a lot of that stuff, I mean, I'm talking like I would be, okay, I got to buy this thing. Somehow they'd always get me the money. I'd buy this thing. I'd bring it into the yard and they'd say, okay, put it under that tree. And I never see it again. I mean, I can't, I don't even know how many buried rocks and minerals I've actually put into this yard because it, they were making it into a grid to be able to use it as a control point to make adjustments to the ley lines. So, but that's all like sort of recent history, Nick, to answer your question. Yeah, well, I, the, I'm thinking the, that their old, uh, older structures that they've built over ley lines might not be it, efficient anymore. Exactly. If the ley lines and, moved. That's why they're losing all their power. Good thing. <laughs> it's good for us. Yeah. So um, all in all, um, you die, Nancy. They're going to turn your property into an archaeological site. Well, they'd also be finding bones of a lot of dead animals here, and they probably yeah, yeah. think it's some kind of witch, you know, killing <laughs> things. It'll be no, no. It'll be a power plant of the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty pretty powerful place now, you know, and now it's got the eagle. And uh, you know, it, it's well, like I say, I had to adjust the eagle because of a ley line adjustment. But didn't didn't you say that you found a negative power symbol hidden in one of the walls of the house? Oh yeah. When you and you had to destroy it or something? Well, that story, I'll tell it again for those who haven't heard it, because it's really a truly amazing story, and it gives you kind of a feeling about the magic of this property. I've only got a minute to say it. We found a wooden thing inside the wall when we were doing some electric work. It was scary as crap. It looked like these <clears throat> phallions of like an eagle, I thought, around the globe. And years later... Uh, I, I just put it away with a lot of, you know, uh, minerals around it to keep it contained. And then years later, I was drawn to it. And, and so I took it. I did what they told me to do. And it was a ceremony to change timelines. And that's another story. <laughs> anyway, another show. good night, everybody. We've got a we've got a adios. Hey, good night, people. Good night, Thanks everybody. for having me. And uh, see you next week. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, good night, John. everybody. Thank you, Walt. Good night, everybody. Thanks for thanks for joining us. See y'all all the next time. I well talk to you all next time. I talk to you. Be safe, everybody. Thank you. Preaching, preaching the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening.